Ladies and gentlemen. Ladies and gentlemen. Podcasting. Podcasting from Sydney, Australia. This is the Prime Podcast. Independent, unfiltered, and uncensored. Beginning in three, two, one. Yeah, I know. Yeah, but no one knows. It's crazy, but no one, like, I go to the shops now and I get stopped for when I go for walks and stuff. I get stopped. Prime Mod, how are you, man? I don't yeah, think many yeah. people know my name. So, no, it's Chris, man. <laughs> you get used to it. Don't worry about it. So, man, as I was saying to you before we jumped on here, I think you're like the first big account that followed me. And I was like, holy shit, because I've seen your videos on YouTube before and I was like, holy shit, Jamie's following me. And then my son, my 12-year-old son, watches all your videos. He's like, oh, that guy follows you. That guy from YouTube, Jamie, he follows you. It's like, man, so listen, I'm glad you're here, man. It's good to have a chat with you on the show. Of course, bro. No, I appreciate that. Obviously, like I'm a big fan of your work and um, you know, a big fan of obviously speaking the truth. And especially during these times, we've got to have people that actually stand up and, and really just show the public what's going on. And I feel like in the position I'm in as well, I'm trying to figure out a way where I can do that, where it's going to get on that emotional level of the mainstream where they don't just think I'm another. Um, and I think that's something you've done really well. So pleasure to be here, bro. Yeah, it's hard, man. We'll jump on that very quickly. So as you said, man, you'll be very careful how you say things and what you speak about and more so how you say it because the media have done a really good job of labeling anybody that speaks out just straight away. Conspiracy theorists, anti-vaxxer, misinformation, Extreme. extremist, radical. It's fucking crazy. Like just by being honest and which used to be something that like you're admired for. But if you, you know, spoke the truth and stood up in adversity and Man, you were, it was something to be admired. Now it's like, uh, not misinformation, anti-vaxxer, conspiracy theory. It's crazy what they've done. Or it's nuts. Like, think about the whole word about freedom. Isn't that when you're supposed to have the legal right and authority to think for yourself, have make up your own mind about certain topics and certain issues? But obviously they've done, I think, a great job in manipulating the public and the thinking that freedom is now in a cage box and that anyone outside of that is, as you said, extremist, anti-vaxxer, all these sort of terms that you call people that actually are malicious, are trying to inflict pain on society, like terror, terrorists and, and whatnot. But um, it's crazy, bro. It's, it's just this, and people get triggered over the word segregation, but it's a real thing. It's happening before our eyes and the media, the governments, all the companies involved and whoever else is involved have just done a, a good job at manipulating. And you, and you can see this has been coerced for a while. Yeah, man, I've always spoken out against discrimination and look, throughout this pandemic, there's some things that have been, I guess, some things make sense. And I think some things can be justified. For example, aged care residents, locking down aged care facilities. That makes sense. Even though it's still segregation and it's, but to me that it's logical and you can go, okay, that makes sense. I understand why they're doing that. But what's crazy is you have a whole class of people who are unvaccinated, but they're not sick. So I would, again, if they were to say, listen, if you're sick, stay at home. I'd like to think most people have the decency to do that anyway. And if they are sick, they're not going to go out. Like Just like we all do when we've got a flu, we don't go out coughing through the shopping centres and whatnot. But they've segregated healthy people just because of their immunisation status, which is nuts. It's crazy. As you said, healthy people, 
obviously it definitely does affect the more vulnerable health compromise and, and elderly people like the whole notion of locking down everyone for something that as you always preach has like a, what 99.7 percent chance of survival amongst most groups so i'm not sure the exact wording you obviously the specifics but it's crazy bro and for me even like i haven't had the vaccine i'm not going to get it but i got covid you know two weeks ago myself i understand there's maybe different variants or whatever if that's sure if it's not i don't know but fortunately enough for me it was fine nothing really happened to me and i know people are going to be listening to this maybe that have different opinions oh yeah but you're healthy you're young i understand that but what i'm trying to say is validating your point where the majority of us the vast majority of us, it won't really affect us if we get it. For me, it was a bad flu. I got some body aches, had a bit of a cough, headaches, lost taste and smell, but it wasn't anything drastic. Nowhere near enough, nowhere near bad enough to lock down the entire world over this sort of stuff. Obviously, you had things like the Spanish flu and um, all that sort of stuff, polio, which were different. But you don't see people dropping dead on the floor like, they, like the media portrayed in China early on yeah. there's got to be something fishy about it and if people listening i'm sure everyone listening to you has already opened at least one eye up into the whole thing at the same time there are a lot of people that haven't i know people that haven't and it's sad bro because essentially a lot of us are leading ourselves into our own demise and we all want the same thing but that's the way the media portrayed things and that's just the way things are at the moment. yeah like you said that very well it's as you said for you you so you obviously you knew you had it so when did you just get tested because you or was it something that you thought shit something's going on for me bro i don't get sick often and i kind of came down with something all my friends did as well were like okay like we didn't freak out we didn't panic oh i didn't i don't really mind at all i was like okay fair enough i have it i have it and i thought i'd grab a test but i'm not one of those people that if i cough once in a blue moon like I'll get tested. Like, that's ridiculous. But I had a lot of the symptoms and I thought you know, maybe be responsible and get tested. And I'll be honest with you, bro. I was, if I had it, it would have actually made my life easier because now I have an exemption from the vaccine. <laughs> as funny yeah, as that sounds. Right. But um, it was a, a thing where I wanted to obviously just, I didn't want to spread it to others, obviously, in the public. And also I thought if I have it, I'll, I'll recover. And then thirdly, something good might come out of it, it might get an exemption so that I won't be segregated from society like the rest of us that aren't unvaccinated. So it, was, it just had a lot, of, uh, a lot of different elements of the situation and it is what it is. And yeah, it was fine. Yeah, so that's typical. So that's typical of someone your age. It doesn't hit them that bad at all. But what I'm finding with this is it's really the first time that they've made decisions based on worst case scenarios. So we live our lives really, all the laws that are in place and, and the decisions they make are based on averages. You can't make a decision or decisions based on worst case scenarios, especially when those decisions affect everybody, millions of people. And you shouldn't make them on the best case scenarios either because that's equally unfair. But so we've always operated on averages, always. So as you said, you, it was a bit of a flu. But to you know, someone who's 85 years old, vaccinated or not, they're going to have a tough time with it. But mm. they also have a tough time with the seasonal flu. That's just what happens as you get older. I th it's like, where do you draw the line? There's got to be some common sense that comes into play. Uh, and say, so, listen, 
because the people that have really been affected the most by the lockdowns, businesses are being closed permanently. A lot of businesses have closed down permanently. I know Melbourne, I've seen some photos. I don't know whereabouts in Melbourne it was, but like the amount of businesses closed was fucking nuts. It's like half the street. Bro, Melbourne's copped it, obviously, yeah, as I live there. And you just see so many commercial places just up for lease. And it's sad to see because the, the city in itself, the reason I'm from Sydney, but I moved to Melbourne because of the fact that there's such a great social culture there. And I was lucky enough not to be there during the really harsh few lockdowns last year. But as you said, man, like even now, there's a different like smell in the air. There's a different vibe. The people of Melbourne have like almost lost hope in life in itself because they're always just hanging on by a thread. They don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. There's no certainty. And of course, like I'm empathetic to everyone else outside of Melbourne because it's very similar for the rest of the world. Whoever's controlling this entire thing, making these decisions, have gotten us used to not knowing what tomorrow brings. And it's not a nice way to live. There's no consistency. As you mentioned before the show started, you have, you have a family to feed. How are you supposed to know what's going to happen in the next six months, couple of months, let alone tomorrow? So Melbourne's, it's a pity, man. The social culture, everything about the city, there's just so much collaboration going on down there. There's so much enthusiasm for life, creativity, and it just sucks to see that that's been lost a lot. Thankfully enough, at the moment, from what I've seen, it is regathering itself. So it is coming back, the nightlife's coming back. But at the same time, everyone's got like the same thing in their head. We won't be we won't be surprised if this happens again. So it just sucks, man. Yeah, it makes it hard to plan for the future, especially if you if you're a business owner mm, and you've got to think you got to think twelve months what's going to happen next year, and it might those business owners are probably reluctant to employ staff and to yeah. and to expand mm-hmm. because of the risk involved with them at any time, and now with these new. Um, pandemic powers that everyone was fighting against myself included man the fact that the premier um, who's got no medical background whatsoever can declare a pandemic as he chooses and that's a Mm. serious problem massive bro massive and what i found living in melbourne as well is that at the start of this whole thing it was almost like vaccinated versus unvaccinated but now since this bill's come through everyone's realizing like even the vaccinated they're like wait like something's off here and this shouldn't be happening. At the protests, obviously, the past couple of weeks have been amazing numbers. And you can't get those numbers unless a significant proportion is vaccinated. Whether or not the stats are true, about 90%, 95%, who knows? But I heard like a couple of hundred thousand people. I'm not sure the exact numbers, if that's true, if that's false. But huge turnouts. And they're all people of all different backgrounds and vaccine statuses, and which shouldn't even be an issue in itself. But like just everyone together collaborating mm-hmm. and rising up against this and yeah there's just so much corruption man like obviously in the world but especially in victoria like i i know an mp at the last hour stepped in and, and voted against the the bill being passed which is great then all of a sudden this other mp gives them the vote they need to pass it there's something fishy going on obviously politics are in itself you don't know what, what, what really happens but victoria's got some weird stuff going on man yeah, look, we've always known that, that politics is dirty and none of them should be trusted, which is crazy. Like for me, it's before this pandemic, if you would have said who's two groups of people you should never trust, it'd be politicians and the media, right? Yeah. 
And now all of a sudden, everyone hangs, like people are hanging on to their every word like it's gospel. And like two years ago, you like, it's incredible like what can happen to people and it's fear. Like fear makes, people don't have the ability to think rationally when they're under stress or when they're fear, when they're fearful of something. And that's what's happened with this virus is that, and look, myself included, when we first heard about this thing at the beginning of 2020, mate, I was concerned. I think everyone was concerned, and I think rightfully so. We knew nothing about it. The way it was being portrayed in the media, like, as you said before, the videos from China where people were just walking down the street and fucking face planting. Yeah. So it was like, holy shit, how bad's this thing? They can just drop mm-hmm. dead at any moment. That's how it was portrayed. So everyone was concerned. And as time went on, I, I felt like when, during that first wave we had, where Scott Morrison was handling it all, the prime minister was handling it all, the federal government was handling it. I feel like that was done, pro- like it was appropriate. The measures in place were appropriate to the situation. I mean, it made sense and you really had no reason to question them. It, it felt like they were doing what's best for us at that yeah. time. And then it, spiraled a little bit towards the end and then it was when this new when delta arrived oh man it was a game changer literally in the way that i believe that it was seen by some as an opportunity i really do i believe that an opportunity for what who knows we've all got our our ideas but it's the way it's been handled this time compared to the beginning of 2020 is vastly different like we're all shopping together if you remember with the the first wave we were a lot of businesses were closed, but we could all still go to Woolies, Kmart, uh, Big W. There was no questions asked, and it was now it's it's the opposite. So no, no, like for example, with me, man, like I can't go out, and you being unvaccinated as well. Although you got your little exemption now, don't you, for the lucky for man, the COVID, lucky. lucky man. So, man, I haven't been able to go and buy a lot of clothes. I can't just walk into into Big W or not that I buy clothes from there, but any store and, and buy clothes because it's, it's deemed not essential. And it's hold on a second, what do you mean? Like besides food, water, and shelter, clothes is pretty essential. They're essential. So it, it's bad, man. Like it's really bad the way they've they've handled it this time around. And whether it's intentional to try and put, as I said before, the ninety percent you're not sure about whether that's right. I mean, I'm not sure either. I don't know for sure, but I just find it hard to believe that if we were really at that 90% mark, why are they still pushing so hard? It doesn't make sense. Thank you. Yes, exactly. If 90% of the population is protected against this thing, then why do they care about the 10%? Shouldn't, as you always preach, shouldn't the vaccine protect you from people that don't have it and from the virus? Like, why is it so necessary for the people that don't have it to, they don't even pose a health threat to anyone? because you've got the vaccine rights, so you're protected. So therefore, does it work? Does it not? Who knows? And back to your point, like there's so many blurred lines. Like my mum, for example, she's very much into what we believe in and freedom of choice. And she's almost dedicated her entire life to spreading the truth and trying to wake people up essentially. And she's doing a great job. She got diagnosed with a brain tumor last year. Thank God she recovered from it. And then ever since this sort of stuff's been happening, she's just founded and definitely as you have as well like she has a bit of a newfound purpose to spread the truth and spread the message and really try and help and save the world essentially and she even said to to me she's 
obviously there are these like fraudulent passes going around and everything and to get into shops and whatnot. Like I'm not condoning anything against the law, but what do you do sometimes, man? Like you want to go get clothes for your kids. You want to go get like things that you deem is essential, but the government doesn't like, there's all these blurred lines you don't know. And I said to her, you know, you can still get in these shops. There's ways around it. And she goes, you know what? There is ways around it, but I don't want to be showing support to these businesses that agree with this sort of discrimination. And I said to her, you know what? That's really true. Like, I, I even with my legal exemption, I get asked, oh, where's your vaccine pass? I flash it. But now I'm thinking to myself, you know what? I don't even want to, I don't want to join into that, like uh, segregation. I don't want to say, yeah, here's my pass. So now I go in and I say, I have an exemption. Just so people know, I don't want to be a part of this whole thing. I really don't. Like, I don't agree with it. I don't agree that you have to show your fucking passes to go into sunglasses hut. You know what I mean? Like, it's ridiculous. You got to check in and, and everything as well. Like, I see reasons for maybe why they want to do that, but I also see reasons for how they're manipulating people into getting used to this new way of living for a, a whole bunch of other reasons that we could go on all day about control, martial law, whether that's true or not, who knows? But it's crazy, man. It's crazy. Like, rules keep changing every day. There's no consistency with anything. Nothing makes sense. And that's obviously what you're preaching about, which is great. And I'm, I'm trying to figure out a way where I can as well without getting my entire career ruined <laughs> yeah it's hard for you and i before we jumped on here i had a word with you man just to make trouble because i get it man my i get messages all the time from people in similar positions athletes actors uh, musicians and a lot of them ask but they're unhappy they are speaking out about it but they can't really do it publicly because if they yeah. do like they've been threatened you can't speak you can't say anything don't talk about it if they speak out about it, there's, they'll probably lose their income or their yeah. contract will get torn up or whatever their situation is. But So I get it. It must be very tough. And, man, that's why I've always said from day one when I started this show, I said I want to keep it independent. I don't want any backing from anybody because I want to be able to come on here and speak how I feel and be honest and it's good that I'm in a position where I can do that. I don't have to worry about some other working for somebody else who goes, oh, you can't say that, remove that from the, I can say whatever I want, let it fly. But it must be tough, man, to be in your position where you, obviously it's your income, it's your livelihood, and to be walking on eggshells all the time, it must be tough. Very, very tough. Like I've had positions where... Sorry, were you there? Yeah, all good, man. Sorry, my phone, my mum just tried to call me. <laughs> all right, Did that cut me out or was that? No, no, it was still going, it was ringing. Oh, okay, cool. You know, yeah. Um, yeah, no, to answer your question, man, yeah. it is very tough for me. You know, I've, I've been in positions where it's, I've been in meetings, for example, where everyone's freely talking about, like, just come up to, uh, come up to Sydney from Melbourne, this and that, like, freely talking about how everyone just assumes everyone's vaccinated. And for me, and I've said I don't have it, and I, I just get this like really weird like vibe of people when not everyone obviously, but a lot of people like companies are like, oh, that was unexpected of you to say that, and that's just the way. Th obviously, the media has portrayed people that haven't been vaccinated as, as I was uh, saying before, like extremists and horrible words that should not be called towards anyone. That's just a normal person. As you said, the way. 
they've been fear-mongering us almost makes anyone that goes against the agenda seem like these words. So for me, like when I try to speak out, I've done a couple of public posts. I actually complained. So I'm a partner of Facebook and Instagram, which is obviously a huge company. And that's a very precious relationship I have with them. And I would never want to jeopardize that. But there are some things that I see them pushing, which I'm not a fan of, such as there was a campaign recently called Don't Be a Misinfluencer. And I thought to myself, oh, here we go. I see what's happening here. And like, I love, I'm always first on their, their list to represent them. They've flown me out to Singapore to represent Instagram at VidCon Asia, big conferences. I've hosted Facebook creator days and everything. And these guys are my friends at all these big companies and all these people I work with. But I understand from their perspective, no matter what they believe, and that's just how society is right now. Like everyone's fearful. And so I sent them an email in private and because they were using, I won't mention her name, but um, you probably already know who I'm like talking about when I say this. She, she's very vocal about um, the pro-vax and, and making a lot of uh, degenerate comments about people that, you know, don't have the vaccine and whatnot and mocking them in a sense. I'm going to go overseas and do all this and you guys are going to stay in your fucking mm. prison cells. You know what I mean? You know exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. I complained because I was, I'm not a fan of how she approaches things. Bro, be pro-vax, be everything. That's, that's fine. But it's pro, at the end of the day, like you can't be mocking people that don't want this for themselves. And obviously this whole thing's about pro-choice, which I believe in. Get it, don't get it, that's fine. And yeah, I sent them an email in confidence and they replied, they were like, hey, thanks for reaching out. We always want honest feedback, but I can tell. It's even hard for them on their behalf, regardless if they agree with me or not to say anything. Like she's been chosen as this spokesperson by whoever that's their doing, but I'm not, I said, I'm not going to take a part in this if she's representing. And the message in itself is, let's be honest. It's if you don't believe this, then you're a misinfluencer essentially. So with me, in my position, I've just been doing stuff with my close friends. If I'm honest with you, I finally get a lot of backlash if I, even subtly say things out in public, which I still do here and there, but you're right, man, it's hard for me. I'm treading on eggshells all the time and I'm scared because I don't want to be deplatformed. I've built 10, 11 million followers total in like seven years. How am I going to give that all away? Hmm. At the same time, I want to help society. I want to help move the world forward, but there's a, I'm thinking, I'm trying to think of a way where I can do that without having to obviously suffer. So it is hard. Which is nuts, man, because you should be able to speak. As we said, there's a big difference between being pro-choice and anti-vax. As I've said from day, man, I've never ever told a single person that they shouldn't get it or they should get it. No one. The only people that I've, I've said that to are my kids, which is, I'm their father, I've a right to tell them that. But You have a legal right, yeah, 100%. Yeah, but man, I've never told another human being they should or shouldn't. Man, I simply share information about that. And it's not about being anti-vax. It's about people have the right to know both sides of the story. When they say, and this is what really gets to me at times, is that the government will say, if you have any doubts, go and see your GP. But the GPs can't say anything. They're not allowed to speak out against it. Otherwise, they'll be called in and disciplined for, they might have their license the medical license stripped or whatever. There's been so many stories of that happening. So, mm. okay, I'll speak to my GP. And what are they going to say? They're going to say, oh, yeah, you should get it. But funnily enough, my own GP, who I've been seeing 
for years. He was very honest and he told me that uh, that's my mum. And he was uh, very honest. And he said, listen, why? He goes, why, why do you want it for? He said, look at you, your age, you're healthy. There's no need for you to get it. But if I was to report him for, can you imagine if I was to realize, hey, listen, my GP, but he'll get in massive trouble. He'll cop fines and probably have his medical license stripped. So there's just so much censorship. And I believe in everyone making an informed decision. Everyone should have the opportunity to make an informed decision when it comes to any medical procedure. It doesn't matter what it is, whether it's a, a vaccine, whether it's an operation, liposuction, fucking lip fillers, whatever it is, you should know both sides. Okay, this is what you're going to get, but this is these are the risks that are associated with that particular procedure. There should be some transparency, and there's been none of that, simply because it, it, they haven't... Man, if you speak out against it, your post will get removed. Little mm-hmm. fact-checker box will come up and say, oh wrong and man i just posted something on twitter last night because i find twitter to be quite good in terms of being able to say a lot more without having to get your get flagged whereas instagram and facebook were huh without any problems yeah it's it's nuts but it's good like it's good if you need to speak up and i shared something last night which was published in the mainstream media about astrazeneca causing blood clots and how it actually does it the the mechanism involved and it's I'll share it later, but it was very interesting. But man, I was saying that two or three months ago because I was being told that from doctors and professors that I've spoken to. So I was just sharing that information and they're getting removed. I was getting flagged for spreading COVID misinformation. But now it's well known, it's established that that's exactly what's happened. So it's a huge problem. Bro, can you believe like, and this goes far back as well in time. This isn't just with the COVID vaccine, but vaccine companies in general have complete indemnity and protection for any risks and any injuries that, that occur. I'm pretty sure you can obviously verify that. With this one, as you said, like the doctors can't speak up against it, even if they've, say your doctor has had a relative that has had a really bad vaccine injury. He can't say anything that. He's got to still be pro-vaccine. He can't say anything wrong with it. Bro, if you had the vaccine, say one morning, and then you went to hospital straight after with heart problems or whatever the, whatever they cause, they wouldn't even ask you, like they'd ask you, oh, um, okay, yeah, you just had the vaccine, whatever. Uh, what did you have for breakfast this morning? And if you say I had a glass of water, they'd say it was the fucking glass of water that gave you a heart attack. Yeah. Like it's crazy. Like how can one thing that obviously hasn't even had extensive research, something that is known to be a little bit sus already and with this whole thing going on, like how can you not point fingers at it? How can you think it's the fucking water that gave you the heart attack? You know what I mean? Like, it's ridiculous. It's almost like there's just nothing that you can say about it that that can be against it without getting cancelled. Like it's just ridiculous. And for me, actually, it's funny because um on the Medicare app, when I got my exemption, I was there and everything. But if you go to if you go to my vaccine history, I've actually had zero vaccines, and I'm not against them at all. I think they've definitely saved lives. They definitely help people. But it is funny. And then all of a sudden, people have this opinion of you. You're an anti-vaxxer. I'm not anti anything. I just think do what you want. Your your own health is your responsibility. Your kids uh, your kids' responsibility. Your kids' health is your responsibility. And just back to my point, you know how the media's portrayed everything. Um, it's ridiculous. So 
the vaccine itself and all these booster shots were like come on man what are they so whether it's for health or not or whatever it is what are they determined to get into our bodies with all these different boosters yeah variant this variant that but it's very sus what really is in it it's it's crazy because the boosters are the same thing so when you go and get the, the first two injections which you were told at that point you're fully vaccinated and protected which now we know that's not true at all so you got to go and get your third shot booster shot of them i know uh, israel i was reading this morning israel has just flagged the fourth shot and and to, so they're not fully vaccinated now unless they've had the two shots plus the booster and now when it goes to the fourth they're gonna to have to get that so they have two shots the initial two shots and then two boosters to be qualified as or classed as fully vaccinated and but but they're using the same vaccine that they used previously it doesn't make sense one. it's all the same mm-hmm. right so hold on it didn't work the first two or three times or it only gave me six months protection three months protection whatever they say it is now but it's that's not a fucking vaccine and they compare it and i've noticed that the mainstream media i've read an article from news.com.au now i've been very critical of news.com.au um i think they're mate they're they're propaganda machines they're probably one of the worst that i've seen 100 they're the, they're the worst i've seen as well they're the worst man so just right behind the daily mail they're actually probably on par so anyway i seen um something on there so th- what they do they will compare this vaccine to other vaccines and they'll say oh it's quite common though like you we get booster shots for all the other vaccines and they use tetanus uh, as and whooping cough as an example now tetanus shots once every 10 years yeah, you got to get a booster. This like in Israel, it's been less than twelve months, and on their fourth, like that's crazy, man. That's one. That's one every three months. So no, it's not. You can't compare the whooping cough or the tetanus vaccine to this because the other ones are actually vaccines. They give you long term protection, and the chances of getting uh, the whooping cough or any other thing from these the ones they they discussed, man, it's very rare almost never happens if you have the whooping cough vaccine you're almost certain not to get the whooping cough yeah but with these men people are still getting it look it's common knowledge now when at first we were told no no, it's impossible you can't get it so it just shows you how things change over time and that's the problem with mandating something when you mandate something it freezes science in time Mm. so astrazeneca blood clots we now know that it's been published and spoken about now all across the mainstream media. So what about those people that had the AstraZeneca because um, they, they wouldn't have got it, but because it was mandated for their employment, they went out, got it. Now they've they had uh, blood clots as a result of that. That's not yeah. right, man. And there's no compensation. As far as I know, there's no compensation. There's no, like you can't point, point the fingers at the companies at all because they're completely protected by the governments. And as you always yourself like with these big pharmaceutical companies and obviously there's all these boosters come on like something's so up if you don't realize by your third booster that something's fucked here like what world are you living in you're living under the biggest fucking rock i've ever seen in my life it's just obvious (laughs) at the same time ignorance is bliss it really is what they've done is they've extended this thing for so long where it's just normality now and people are just like 
what are we going to do? Like we're, we're powerless. They keep changing things. They keep mandating things. It's only getting worse. So I'm just going to live fast, die young kind of thing. And, and as you said, man, like a lot of my mates are vaccinated. A lot, a lot aren't, you know, but the ones that are, the majority, the vast majority, I would say 90%, 95, they didn't want it in the first place. Because as your doctor said, you're young, you're healthy. Like you're not at risk. Of course, the elderly and the immunocompromised, I understand for sure. If that makes you feel protected and if, and if you think that that's good for your health, 100% get it. But brings you brings you back to your first point, which was why lock the entire world down when it's only a small proportion of the people that are actually going to suffer. And I'm not trying to discriminate and say, oh, we shouldn't suffer, they shouldn't. Not at all, but it's just the way like logic works. And since logic isn't being used at all in this whole thing, what are you going to do? Yeah. That's it. Logic is lost now, and people become so accustomed to what they're seeing and hearing that I think a lot of people know what's up. Like, man, everybody can't be that dumb. Like I say all the time, there's no way. Like, Delta variant affect kids. It may, I said, you know what, six months ago, when they first started, either just first started or about to start the rollout, I said that they're going to vaccinate the kids. Man, I was ridiculed. You're crazy, you're nuts, you're this, you're that. And I said, man, do you know what? There's too much money on the table mm. for them not to try and vaccinate children. They would at least try. I think I said they're going to try. And they did. Before you knew it, it was 12 to 16-year-olds. And now it's as you know, 5 to 11-year-olds, which is fucking deeply concerning. And then as they approved that, I read, again, news.com.au, saying that Omicron's, you know, it's, it's putting... Um, children under five in hospitals here we go use it as planting the seed for the next lot so it's so predictable man it's like clockwork but people just don't see that yeah, yeah. didn't you say that they uh, it was exactly the same time i think you posted it this morning or something where it was the same timing where they said oh the omnicron's affecting five to elevens and then same time as when they were advertising the vaccine for five to eleven year olds or something like that like it all correlated yeah. as you yeah, man, it all, all fits in together. And it's, man, like, this has been happening from day one. Mm. I'm like, what more? And, and we remember at first when it was the, the bats, it came from the bats, yeah. from the wet market. And then if you spoke out against that and you said, no, no it came from the lab, Facebook yeah. were removing your account. Like, they were deleting your account for even suggesting that it came yeah. from a lab. Now we all know that it, it did come from the lab. Like, mm. it's not even up for debate anymore. Yeah, like, correct. The wet market yeah. was bullshit. It was a cover-up story. We all know that. So yeah. I wonder, is Facebook... Because, look, for the average person, I'll just make another Facebook account. But for people like yourself, and I think me to a certain extent, man, it's, it's the only way I'm earning money at the moment is through the podcast and bits and pieces. So, man, it can be devastating to lose it. And I wonder, as Facebook, are they reinstating the accounts of people that they deleted for misinformation when the truth does eventually come out? I don't know. Luckily for me, I haven't copped anything from Facebook. Instagram do the whole like, oh, you might be spreading misinformation by posting this, all that sort of stuff. But for me, what I found is um, like Facebook, put it this way, back in, this is why I personally think that this whole thing correlates towards a narrative of getting the, the global population used to living under harsher measures and control. That's obviously a bit out of the scope, but what I've seen is back in 2000 and 
um, a virus or not, back in 2017, 16, they, ha- they started to censor people on social media. Like it already began a while ago and the, it was called the Adapocalypse back then. And this was early on when I was making videos. I, I just started to, you know, really go well on Facebook and, and all the platforms were really popping for me. Then all of a sudden, like they implemented demonetization where whether it's real or not, apparently companies, so you know how when you watch a YouTube video, there's an ad before it. Yeah. Ads before everyone's videos, regardless of what you posted. And I understand this from a company's perspective. There was a big company, I think in the UK that said, hey, we've noticed that our ads are being put before unbrand friendly content, like terrorism videos or just like sexual content, whatever. Yeah. And they said, oh, we're not going to, we're not going to continue working with YouTube. And so then all these other companies followed whether it's true, whether it's coerced, I don't know. But then this started the whole collapse of certain accounts that had sensitive content. And I was doing pranks back then. And I was like, I had some dirty humor, whatever, some kind of out there stuff. And it was harmless fun for me, but all of a sudden, like my stuff started to get demonetized and there was no warning. There was no nothing. It just happened straight away. And then, so let's remove all the ads from your videos. They'd remove all the ads or they'd remove all the videos or they'd remove your account. It was, ret- it was ridiculous. Wow. Like with no warning, like just did a 180 overnight. And then this whole, this started the whole real like global censorship, I feel like it started way before this. And uh, things take time. I'm not sure, like I go pretty deep into the whole, I've researched all about predictive programming, all that sort of conspiracy stuff. I'm aware of it, whether it's true or not, who knows. But it's interesting though. Bro, it's interesting how the world works. And this is an even bigger conversation to have, which I think relates to this. But back on the topic of censorship, it just slowly, without even noticing, became normal for you not to be able to say this word or that word. Bro, I got sent, I got a, a video demonetized for saying the word adopted. Like back in 2017, you think that's ridiculous, but now it's just normality. And that brings me to my next point, which is now this is normality, what we live in. Bro, how crazy is this? Oh my God, I'm free. I can go to a cafe tomorrow. That's crazy. That's fucking crazy. It is, man. It's nuts. What do you mean you can go to a cafe and you're excited? That's how sucked in we've been, all of us. And they've just played it so smart where slowly predictive programming, all this sort of stuff, like slowly getting you used to this is the way life is and this is freedom now. That wasn't freedom. This is. Now that's our normality. And it's just sad to see you know, like someone, cafes are great, don't get me wrong. But like, that's right. It shouldn't, it, shouldn't be, it shouldn't be a privilege to be able to go there. Correct, correct. Exactly, man. And just I've just seen it with my own eyes being in this world of social media, how everything in the world has slowly started to change and it's pushing us towards more and more totalitarian measures, whether it's for health or not. I feel like personally, controversially, this virus was a catalyst for where they want to move the world in terms of control. That's my prediction. I don't know if I'm right or wrong. Who knows? But it just, it all adds up. Yeah, it does add up. And, and look, whether or not it was something that was in, in what was premeditated, where they thought about it before this started or whether they've sort of just, it got leaked out of the lab and they've made it up on the go and thought, hold on, this is a great opportunity to use this um, to push whatever they're trying to push. It could have been that. I'm not saying they, they, unleashed a virus in order to achieve whatever they set out to. But it, it could have, as I said, 
I do believe that this Delta variant, they started looking at it as an opportunity as opposed to a health crisis. It's a great opportunity to, as I said, whatever they impose these, these totalitarian measures that really, like, if they would have said from the beginning, from day one, listen, we've got a virus here. Can you imagine if they said that you can't work unless you're vaccinated from the get-go? Man, yeah. would have been, the public would have lost it. So as you said, they've done it gradually, which is what happens. But I've noticed as well that on social media, I've even done it myself because I, I see everyone else do it. If people won't even write fuck anymore in their caption, you notice that? Like they'll censor their own fuck, whatever they say out. Yeah. That's crazy. That didn't happen two years ago. Mm. Yeah, I'm like, what's wrong with the word fuck? Which is weird because they're moving in one direction, but then I saw, I've seen it quite a few times now, an ad on Channel 10. Like in a family time, man, six, seven o'clock at night, promoting vibrators. Not only promoting, like an ad promoting vibrators, but it's like a 70-year-old lady, maybe even older, standing Mm. on there. She's going into details. Like it's disgusting. Talks about a clitoris and it's fucking revolting. Like yeah. no one wants to see that shit. And that's on mm. a family time, like six, mm. seven o'clock at night. But then in, they're also moving in the other direction where you can't say yeah. fuck anymore. Yeah. It's so biased, bro. Because even what I've noticed on social media um, is that someone like me, I can't say fuck. I can't say adoption. I can't say anything like that doesn't offend anyone. But then you, you see all these rappers and you see all the mainstream music, bro. What's it about? It's all about sex. It's, you know, remember WAP last year? Oh, yeah. Bro, like, how is that allowed? And then I can't say adoption. And then, it's crazy. then you start to think, like, yeah, then you start to think, like, why do these people get away with it? Why do these people not? Who knows? That's a whole different conversation itself. But the, um, yeah, it's just ridiculous how some people can get away with something, some can't. But then again, how they've done this to obviously confuse people, but also to push society towards one direction. Who knows, man? Yeah. Every, any, anything can be possible. I'm not the sort of guy that has an ego about this whole thing. And I'm right. Everything I say is right, whatever. I could be right, I could be wrong. I'm open to new things, but new, new theories, new suggestions. Anything could be possible at this point. Like, yeah. we just don't know, but we do know something's fucking off. That's, that's what yeah. we do. Now. Man, you, you look at this rationally with a logical mind where... I like to think I'd do the same thing. Whereas some people from the beginning were like, no, nope, this is what they're talking about. This is vaccine passports linked to another passport, carbon passport, which is like a social credit score. And they just lost their mind over it from the beginning. I never did that. I watched it play out. And I've just come to conclusions based on what I've seen. And it doesn't add up. As I said, man, if I was sitting with you in a room and we'll just say we're a part of some health cabinet and we're sitting there, so, Jamie, we've really got to sort this out. I mean, we're in a health pandemic. We've got to shut you know, some stores down, keep some open. What, we've got to close non-essential businesses. What do you reckon, Jamie? Man, I can guarantee you the first thing anyone would say would be uh, tobacconists, uh, bottle shops, maybe fast food. Yeah. But definitely tobacconists and, and bottle shops straight away. Right. Yep. But yet they remained open in a health pandemic. Right. Like it's a fucking necessity. They were like the only things open, if anything. <laughs> yeah, you get your groceries, or you could go and get pissed. There's no, as like, man, like, how can anybody look at that and go, oh, yeah, that's normal. That's, the, that's in the best interest of us and our health. Not only that, man, like, domestic violence rates were through the roof in lockdown. 
They're through the roof. Every time we're going to lockdown, domestic violence rates increase, alcohol consumption increases, which probably leads to the increase in domestic violence. But I mean, it's not in our best interest. And that's, I've been very vocal about that from the get-go, that listen, if you want to get, if you want us to get serious about our health, I 100% support that. 100%. Because we're sick, man. Like as a nation, we're Mm. sick. Like you walk outside, man, and people look unhealthy. They Mm. look stressed. They're overweight. They look unhealthy. And that's another thing, like where I speak about that obesity is a huge problem. Yeah. Huge problem. And people will start, oh, you're fat shaming. No, I'm not fat shaming anybody. I'm not picking on a person because they're, they're overweight. I'm just saying, listen, it's a problem for your health. So it's crazy, man. Like I, I fully support any measure that government's put in place to make us healthier. Mm. But this isn't it. It's not at all. That's a very good point you just raised. If it really was about our health, why wouldn't they close down everything? Why wouldn't they start really like rewarding local organic food grocery stores? But what they do is they shut down any small business that you know need 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 to survive in this, in this climate, and obviously kept the big multi corporation companies like you know, Coles, bottle shops, tobacconists open. How does that make any sense? If, if it was about health, as I said, there'd be all over the news instead of just fear-mongering like, and promoting vaccines, it'd be, okay, there's maybe a virus out here that we have to you know, think about, but this is how you protect yourself. And we have an immune system. like We don't have it for nothing. And what I see that's sad is like, I go to a, a sort of organic food store in Melbourne to get my groceries from him. And the guy there, like, he's, he does his job because he wants to help people with their health. He knows that this is the way that's helped him. And he wants to help others. And he provides such great, like, organic vegetables, fruits, herbs, everything, like, like groceries, right? And it's just a, it's just a shame because he really suffered during this whole thing. But then you've got guys that, as you said, are, like, running bottle shops in these big corporations that are profiting from it. How the fuck does that make any sense? And also, it sucks that now, as we spoke about, everything slowly becomes normalized. Bro, heart disease was not... A normal thing back i don't know how many years ago but it's not a normal thing for humans to have but when when you bring up the argument oh if it was about health then why don't they close down hungry jacks and mcdonald's everyone's like oh no but that's normal that's the problem they fucking make normal abnormal but they're so clever with how they do things but think about when you go on the street I, and since this whole pandemic you know started i've really been opening my eyes up about how the world works and it's shit i was in la uh, sorry vegas two years ago and i I walked into the kitchen. I had a couple of American friends speaking about some stuff. And I'm like, hey, what are you speaking about? They go, you know what? If you knew, you'd never see the world the same again. You're better off knowing. And I realized we're talking about how almost everything is based upon, it's controversial, but making us suffer for someone else's, whether it's profit or agenda, whatever it is. And yeah, like think about it. A lot of things that, are normalized for us are bad for us pollution obviously it's controversial i don't want to get into it but i'm trying to say look around you like the most simplistic things in your house aren't good for you like all the pesticides chemicals they put on food all the chemicals that we ingest every day even going as far as things like radiation obviously it's helped us a lot in general with technology but 
there's always a catch. And, and I just feel like everything that I perceive as normal actually isn't in reality. Like it's not good. And it's hard because we live in this world. What are we, we going to do? We don't want to be pessimists the whole time, but we got to just be awake and just do that and do our best. Man, you know what? It's good to hear you speak about this and, and to the fact where you make your living from technology, but at the same time, you're acknowledging the fact that it's not the best thing. And it's not men. Like they normalize things that are completely abnormal. And to be honest, some things are sick. Now I'm definitely not, I have some conservative beliefs, but I'm also very progressive if it's for the betterment of humanity. Now, not everything progressive is good, but yeah. people will make out that it is. Man, like I was, I went to a, a campaign, it was like maybe three years ago. It was called the Aware Campaign. And what it was about the impacts of pornography on children. Mm. So I've, as you probably know, prior to losing my job because of the vaccine mandate, I worked in mental health. So I've always yeah. taken interest in mental health and psychology. And man, I've seen and I know what what pornography does to people. People look at it like it's just some innocent thing that people watch and have a bit of fun, and that's it. But man, it's not. It's when I was when I went to this aware campaign. I was speaking about how it affects like your dopamine levels and you yeah. don't see the opposite sex the same way anymore. So you start like it normalizes abnormal sexual behavior, which yes. is true. It does, man. So man, when I was a kid, when I was a teenager, man, you're the same, man. There was, like there was porn. There was man and girl. There was lesbian porn. There was gay porn. That was really it. Like it wasn't too much yeah. more than that. Now, man, fuck you look up like the most search categories. It's fucking step mums and so, what the fuck? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. To me, man, that's abnormal. And and do you know what? On that note, do you remember how when we were kids, you're my age, 28, 29, like it, it first started out as like taboo. Like it wasn't mainstream back then. You get like a proper slap on the wrist if you were caught watching porn waves. Your parents would block your internet provider, your dial-up connection, whatever it might be. <laughs> now it's, and this brings me back to my point before, slowly over the past 10, 15, 20 years, whatever, now it's normal. And that's not a good normal, as we just spoke no. about. It's abnormal. That's just another example of what we were speaking about, how society's fucked and now things that are normal. Like, they're really not. No, they're not. It's just what's perceived as normal because it's been, as you said, over time, gradually made to seem that way, like it's just a part of everyday life. But it's not. And they start, like, I know in... What country was it? some part of maybe it was in the u.s i'd have to find out but i read it they were they're giving out this school was giving out free condoms to 12 year olds there's a new program they're running where they're oh, giving out free condoms to 12 year olds so i'm looking i'm thinking hold on a second like you like it, you're just saying that the, the age of people having sex is getting younger and younger and you don't want that to happen and they're actively like they got campaigns out there trying to stop it but at the same time they're giving condoms out to 12 year olds like, well, hold on and then you're complaining about you know the it, it, teenage pregnancy and all these things it's like you're promoting it indirectly like you're not saying look obviously they have how, how else would kids know that these teachers have condoms there has to be some sort of bulletin or something that gets sent out so they're Man, it just doesn't make sense. And it's a it's, huge problem. Yeah, man. And as we're speaking about, like, it sucks to say this, but 
if not most things aren't done for our benefit at all it's really not like no. the world we live in on earth whether it's different on other planets if they exist who knows but in this planet especially like it sucks because there's so much like negativity here and there's so much like it just sucks it's hard to survive and there's a reason that divorce rates are so high this uh, in this in this era there's a reason like i'm sure a lot of people that are in married uh marriage um that are married to each other and i'll be honest with you bro like a lot of people that i've you know come across whether it's like in the past or just currently or just people i hear about like on youtube whatever there's a big cheating problem in this day and age and it's probably largely to do with the fact that people are so overstimulated by pornography and now as you said what is actually normal doesn't do it for them anymore so they have to go and find other means of pleasure satisfaction elsewhere and it's breaking marriages apart like what's good about that what's good about anything to do with porn yeah okay maybe i don't know like <laughs> just by apart from giving someone a career and these companies making massive amounts of money surely there's some sort of maybe agenda to it as well if you think a bit deeper i don't know i haven't figured it out yet who knows if i'm right but this world is it's just fucked. it is fucked and look there, there may not be an agenda with pornography it could just be purely financial yeah, because man, sure. they make a lot of money, and it's one thing that's never like. Let's be honest, pornography is never going to be irrelevant. Never, <laughs> it's going to always be there forever. But man, it's a problem, and it's concerning me as a father of, with with children, I, I, of young children, should I say, that yeah. it's going to be something that I'm mindful of, because I know what it's like. But you know what it's like as a teenage boy. I mean, your testosterone's raging and. Man, it's but back then when me and you were teenagers, man, we used to have the dial-up connection. I used to have to sit there, man, and I thought what was back today, redtube.com, sit there, fucking yeah, click yeah. on the video, wait 45 minutes to watch 10 seconds of it, then wait for it to load again. <laughs> Fuck. It was um at least I fixed that problem. <laughs> oh man, it was the longest wink of my life. It was like three, four hours longest waiting <laughs> for the video to load. It was crazy. But I man, I usually uh, I last 20 seconds, but you know, I had to last. <laughs> yeah, but it used to make you wait. But yeah. It, yeah, but all that shit now is so available to kids, man. Like we used to have to pay, like it was a lot harder. We used to have to pay for like excessive data charges and it wasn't as accessible as it is now. Well, they can just jump on their phones, man, iPads, whatever. And it's there. And there's no verification. Like if anything, man, like they should put something like an age verification or something. I don't know, man. But it just seems to be a problem that is getting worse. Yeah, they, and they contradict themselves by, what's it called, with all this mainstream, like, mainstream entertainment mainstream music like promoting it and then with the censorship they're against it so it just doesn't make any sense and the, the pornography industry is obviously like massive now and um, what i see in kids as well is this the culture is becoming way more sexualized way younger i could see what was happening with our generation when we were kids versus or compared to like our parents generations and stuff where it was more conservative and hey freedom of speech acceptance of body is a great thing but the way they're doing it and the way, as, as we just said, pornography is becoming so mainstream. And I see young kids and as you said, the 12 year old campaign, that's fucked, man. Like I thought of it as a problem already, how sexualized the culture is becoming with our generation. But look at the kids now, man. Like you, you see these, especially like even people on like girls on TikTok. Yeah. And what they're doing on TikTok and um, flaunting themselves and all this sort of stuff. And I don't discriminate against nothing, but just the age as to how young they start now is concerning and how sexualized the culture is is also concerning and like 
I'm personally lucky. I didn't really, I wasn't, I know people that have to go on porn every single day, every day. Yeah, man, I'm very lucky for whatever reason. Yeah, I'm vanilla in that way. Thank, thank God. And I was never really that much into it. We've all had our, our times, I'm sure, and yeah. whatnot. But, but yeah, man, just like, it's harder. And another thing, another problem with society at the moment is, as we spoke about technologies, I'm very fortunate. So are you to, it's given me a great platform, a great career. It's definitely a huge benefit for society. Of course it is. But the way in which, like, think about when we were kids, we had like our Game Boys, like Nintendo 64. But our entire world wasn't based on technology. Like, it sucks to say this, but I've said this to a few people. What I see in the future, I could be wrong, but I feel like the amount of technology that's being connected to us, that's being like put in schools and everywhere we go, like everything's technology. I feel like this reality that we see manifested in our physical presence is going to be our secondary reality. It's we're going to be, I'm thinking crazy right now, but imagine like the way it's going. We could be just connected to things all the time and the virtual reality could be our world becoming becoming out with like virtual like buying virtual land now like it's crazy like it's cool metaverse the virtual universe yeah my point is imagine being a kid born into this life such a blessing one in four trillion chance of being born a human being and your whole world is like a fucking screen like you and i got to play in the park pick out grapes and random shit build sandcastles like we, we got to go to school and write, draw on whiteboards and do sport. Like, it sucks for kids now. They, like, everything's on a screen. You're going to get problems with your health from being on screens all the time as well. Your eyes are going to start going at a young age. And, and, and diseases and, and health-related issues are becoming so much more normalized in young people now. And you wonder why. It's just... Well, man, you know, I, I feel like we grew up... So we were that generation. I feel like we're very blessed and lucky. In the sense yeah. where we, man, if you were to imagine, like, go to 100 years in the future, think back, we're living through a really incredible time in terms of the advancement of technology. Like, we've mm. lived through it now, where we've like seen the invention of the fucking iPhone. Yeah. Man, that's going to be looked back as a moment like, holy fuck, that's shaped the world in a sense. Yeah. Uh, we've seen the iPad, all these things that are like just, we've witnessed it. But we also had, we grew up when it wasn't everything, where we still yeah. had the, the normal childhood and as teenagers, men getting up to trouble. And I mean, I used to get in that much shit when I was a teenager. Like we all did, man. Mm. Like we get into trouble and do things we shouldn't have done. But in hindsight, it's innocent fun, right? Yeah. It's like we never meant to hurt anybody, just us fucking around being young and, and learning. And that's yeah. how you grow, is learning and from your mistakes yeah. and, I feel like we're really lucky in that sense where we had that opportunity where our lives just wasn't technology. Now, like, man, kids aren't going to start meeting women like in the traditional settings. It's going to be all Tinder and all the rest of it. Um, yeah, bro. Like, I, I, remember you used to go to movies, man? Like, you used to take a girl out to the movies, but it was fun. It was exciting. You used to have the, the confidence to go up and be like, hey, remember it was like, would you go out with me? Yeah. yeah. Your friend to ask. Remember that? You would You'd write like a note and just flick it to them in class, but now they don't even have fucking pens or paper from what I've heard. I don't know, but you're so right. Like the dating culture, especially, and with technology, of course, as much as it's great and it's helped us, it, it is very superficial. Like, yeah, like we used to do like just the funnest stuff back then, and, and like just you had to be creative. Everything wasn't; it was at your fingertips, but in a sense where you had to create your own reality. Whereas you go on the internet, 
everything's there for you. So you don't even have to use your brain. And what I find, bro, if I'm speaking to a girl or whatever, I hate Instagram messaging. I hate texting because it's so superficial to the point where I don't understand how you're trying to say this. Like I could just type something and be so blunt and they take it the wrong way. But you don't know I'm not saying that in reality. It's like, like it's just so much better like in this physical world we've been blessed to have that God's given us. Like we're here for a reason and technology as much as it's great, it's got some really big problems as we've just spoken about. I just it's hate- It's very like, addictive, man. It's very addictive. And that. And I just can't, I can't imagine being a kid in this day and age and thinking that's normal, just having your, your head down, pinned to a screen all day. Because that, with our generation, it was almost like a luxury. Like as much as we had Game Boys and stuff, we were blessed to not have it as our entire life. Yeah, um, man. And it's just, it, it's the way that children are, look, they're, they're much smarter than we were. Like my 12 my year old son, man, he's that fucking intelligent. Yeah. He knows a lot. He knows a little bit about everything. Yeah. So I come. He could jump on here now and have a conversation with us, no dramas. Mm. Whereas when we were that age, we didn't know a great deal other than what our parents had taught us, what we'd learned in school. Mm. Uh, but now, man, the amount of which is which can be a good thing. Don't get me wrong. The internet's got some great shit out, like great content out there for. I mean, if you want to learn about anything, you can just jump on Google and search it. Sure. But our attention spans are getting shorter, which is another problem. That's why TikTok's been so successful is because it's that really short format video. Whereas you, which when you started doing YouTube, what'd you say, seven years ago? Yeah. Man, it was like a longer format video and, and people used to sit through them. Have you noticed a change in that yourself in terms of the content? Oh, I can't describe to you how much TikTok's like fucked up video platforms. I'm not going to lie like, about this. It does, like, for, t- for, for two reasons. Firstly, because when I started, I would consider myself, like, second-era social media in Australia, if you want to call it that. I was definitely one of the earliest, but not the very earliest. And when I started making videos on YouTube, yeah, a couple minutes, like, even 10 minutes, some even 20 would, would go well because people were more, like, focused. Like, the attention span was there, like, you didn't have to do something every 15 seconds that was different. And so I found a great de- degree of success with longer form videos. And as time went on, it started off, I was only on YouTube and then Facebook videos took off and that was a lot shorter for sure. That kind of started the whole trend potentially. I don't know. You, got, you had Vine back in the day before any of this. Yes. And that was like right. six seconds. But putting it into perspective in like the past few years, definitely from YouTube to Facebook, so YouTube was probably like five to 10 minutes. Then Facebook came up. It was probably two, three minutes, whatever. Then Instagram, one minute. And now TikTok has fucked everything. I'm telling you right now. I'm not afraid to say this. I, I've gotten to, I don't know, 2.1 million followers on TikTok. Like, I, I don't really, I don't really, it's a great problem to have, but the way that it's like done, it's been good because it's provided more people an opportunity to get their message out there, which is great sucks because you don't have to have anything good anymore like the content there doesn't have to have any value for you to go viral or whatever i think it sucks for someone like me i've had to put in so much effort into videos and to get to where i am and to like 
be, be put into this position where every second person can do like some dance, get their tits out and they go viral. Whereas I had to put in so many hours. I'm not being resentful or anything, but I'm more so speaking no, Yeah, how it sucks how there's no such thing as talent no more, no. you know, with videos. Secondly, another point is what, what's a massive problem with TikTok is that as much as it's great, it's entertaining, it's providing others with a platform, you, you can get your message out a lot faster than having to do something crazy and big. But the attention span problem is a massive problem because it doesn't just relate to videos and TikTok, it relates to everything in life. How many times have you been out with a friend and they can't be off, off their phone for more than 10 seconds? It's yeah. not just TikTok. It's everything in life. They, they, they can't focus. No one can focus anymore. You can't focus on the same thing for more than 20 seconds now. You can't have a conversation with your partner without getting distracted by your phone. You can't spend time with the kids without being distracted. Like the way that our brains work has changed from it. And it's not a good thing. Of course, there's great things about TikTok. Like I'm grateful for it being out there, giving me such a big platform, many things. But as we spoke about, there's always stuff that we need to improve on and really focus on and, and uh, once again if governments cared about us our health they'll be doing something about this they can see especially with the generation that's upcoming like your kids might be in like i can't even imagine what their attention span is going to be like in 20 years just it's, it's scary to think about it is scary it's and it's happened again gradually over time where but like myself if i want to watch some content tiktok's the last place i would go to 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 mm. watch something like really I mean, I had a TikTok. I was doing quite well. I think that's how you found me on there. And I made that yeah. video that got me um, in front of a magistrate where I thought it was just like, I thought it was just um, a bit of fun, man. And it got me in a bit of trouble. But man, it, it's crazy how big my my page got. And not only how big it got, but how quick it, like it just within that video I put out where I was given advice, pretending that I was a, a police officer. That got like millions of views in like a day. Yeah, nuts. Crazy. It's crazy. Mm -hmm. And I was like, what in the fuck? Well, I don't know how to handle that. Yeah. I was just, I've always enjoyed making like funny videos and just sharing my opinion and thoughts on things, but um, I didn't know how to handle that. It was like, mm -hmm. it's mind blowing. And then it's built from there. And, but what I noticed on TikTok, man, was that it's, very, yeah, no talent in terms of what I was saying. And the biggest accounts, like, I struggle, like, sometimes I'll say, a person comment on my post or whatever on Instagram and um, click on their page and it's like 4 million followers, whatever it may be. And it's like, I'm like well, I, I can't figure out what they actually do. Yeah. I'm like, what do they do? Like they take nice photos. I get it, but that can't be all they do. Like they couldn't have got them. Like, what is it? Like, are they a, are they a singer? Are they a, what are they? Yeah. And what I find a bit sus about TikTok is every single person, no matter who you are, you always, if you post 10 videos, one will always go viral, no matter what you do. Yeah. And it's smart. It's smart on their behalf, whether it's legit or not, whether these followers are actual real followers or not, who knows. But social media is just such a dopamine hit. So I remember like when I first, you know, went viral or whatever, and I remember the first time I ever got stopped in the street, people asking for photos. I remember when it first happened. It's nice, man. It's people appreciating your work. It's all positive vibes. And, and it feels good. It makes you happy. It makes you feel valued. It makes you all those good emotions. But it's funny what TikTok do is like, no matter who you are, you make an account. It doesn't matter what you do. You're like one of your 
one of your first 10 will always go viral. So what that does is you have, you don't expect it. And you're like, oh my God, like this video got 20K views. Oh my God. You start feeling all those positive emotions, which incentivizes you to keep making videos and stay on the platform. It, it's no secret. That's what I've seen. Yeah. And for me, I, um, I've been on all the platforms, but in 2019, TikTok, when they started to emerge, they were bought out by Musical.ly or something or whatever. Yeah. And so Musical.ly would change TikTok. And uh, they were trying to get established creators onto TikTok like myself. So they hit me up on Instagram. Like, hey, we'd love to um, have your content on TikTok. And I don't know if they said something about pushing it, but there were ways where my content could be pushed. Uh, I can't really speak about it, but yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and I just remember, bro, like, I got a million followers in eight weeks. Like it was nuts. Oh, <laughs> and, and it was crazy. I was like, wow, this platform is booming, which it was, of course, there was obviously like more, more and more audience and users coming on, but I felt the same thing. I was like, wow, this is crazy. It's a good feeling. Like your video is going crazy. And these were all my old videos. And just the way that they've manufactured the platform is so clever. And I, I can see why it's um, prevalent now. And also, they localize things, which is another smart thing they've yeah. done. So it's not, you see someone in Finland, you feel alienated already because they're not from Australia. Whereas they tap into the relatability aspect. So a lot of content on your For You page will be from Sydney, Melbourne, wherever you are. And you might know this person. Oh, that's my friend's friend or whatever. And so that keeps you on there even more. So it's, bro, how they've done it is just so smart, so incredibly smart. But there's always a, a catch between the two good and bad sides. Yeah, and I feel like it won't be like the longevity of TikTok. Like in terms of if you, as a, from a creator's point of view, where if you have a few big videos and you blow up on TikTok, I feel like the longevity isn't there. Because look, you can make legitimate careers, man. Yes. Yes. I just don't feel like, because I, I, the value isn't there. The appreciation for what you do isn't there. When when I had that, so my TikTok account got suspended and I still have no idea why they didn't tell me, it just got removed. Hmm. And what they do is with TikTok, so I tried logging in and that's how I found out my account was removed. So I'll make another account. I wasn't going to post on it again, but just to, people send me shit all the time on TikTok. So just to watch it and interact with, I thought I'd make another account. Bro, they know based on my, and they must, somebody do it to IP address. Because when I went to make another account, it's going, your account is suspended. But I was like wow. signing up with a different email address, like everything different. Wow. Like your account is suspended. Or your account is permanently banned or whatever. It's uh, permanently banned. Oh, the whole these people know, like they obviously check. Mm. You, you can see your IP address. Man, that's nuts. Cause I don't think other platforms do that. No, you can just get a new account, different email, different number. No drama. Yeah, but man, they're onto it. So they wouldn't let me, which is fine. I'll let you doesn't phase me but yeah man i really feel like tiktok you, you came up to the the sort of more traditional way and making longer form videos on on youtube and man so you've done your videos on youtube and then so you also put out music as well yeah yeah man i'm trying to dip my toes into a lot of things whatever i'm passionate about is go for so i'm just um following that and yeah, just diversifying. I'm over pranks. I'm done with them. They've been great for me, but I want to do something better now. I want to do something that's got more value. I've got a lot, a lot to offer that no one's really seen. 
So yeah, man, that's my next direction. I'm increasing the quality of content and I want my content to have a bit of a message behind it, a bit more substance, a bit more value. But as you said, man, like I am fortunate to have been, I've had my come up in the traditional way because I got a lot of people that I know on TikTok and they've got millions of followers, but it doesn't correlate to how it did for me back then. And, and it, I've got some mates with some good content, but it's almost like TikTok is devalued content. You know what I mean? Like the value of your brand isn't as high up if you're just on TikTok, which sucks because a lot of people on TikTok have great content, but it's because of the other shit that's on there. Yeah. So for me, yeah, I'm running with all the platforms and, and all that, but I've taken a, a few months off to really find my next step. And I'm in Sydney to do some really good new content with a bit more value, a bit more meaning. And yeah, man, that's where I'm going from here. Whereabouts in Sydney at the moment? I'm from Chatswood, so I grew up in Chatswood, but I'm just staying in an Airbnb around the area. Yeah. Just a lot of family in Sydney? Yeah, yeah. So I've got my mum here. I've got all my friend, a lot of my, my my friends I grew up with here. My dad and my dad lives in China, so all that size over there. But um, well, your dad, man, he, he's he cracks me up. He's a superstar, mate. He is a superstar. <laughs> he's. Mate, he gets just as much love, if not more, than you do. Bro, more than me. You see me <laughs> the Philippines, man. Like, in Southeast Asia, it's always, hey, like, love your videos, but where's your dad? Like, <laughs> it's yeah, cute, man. man. So, it must, that must be tough at the moment, too, with him over there in China. Obviously, you can't see each other. Yeah, man, I haven't seen him for two years. So, obviously, the fans haven't really got a lot of what they wanted, which is hard for me. But, yeah, obviously, I miss him. We speak a lot. Um, and hopefully, I can go back soon. In China, they've got a, a two-week plus seven days quarantine rule. So it's three weeks quarantine. It's nuts. Wow. Yeah. Man, from what I'm saying, obviously you'd know more with your father living there, but man, it's a bit rough over there at the moment. I know there's a lot of conflict. There's a lot of discussion around them taking over Taiwan. Yeah. That's a topic. And from my understanding, they've stepped up in terms of their... their communist regime over there is getting pretty tough yeah i'm not too sure so my dad is an australian citizen and i don't actually know what he thinks regardless he couldn't say anything because it's, it's tough and for me i i tend to stay away from that as well because i go there a lot so i just keep my things to myself yeah. so i don't really I actually and, and i don't really know what's going on over there it's just like all changed yeah, and it's different worlds, man. You know what? What the craziest thing that this pandemic has taught me is that you should never completely trust what you hear from the media here. So I'm sure there's definitely two sides to that story. There is everything else, but yeah. man, it's a shame because that was one place I really wanted to go to mm. for a holiday, yeah. man. It's incredible. Some of the sites yeah. are incredible. I'd love to go there, but at the moment, obviously, it's quite difficult. But um, man, I hope you. And your old man can catch up soon. Hopefully, it's, it. it's all um, over with soon, sooner rather than later. But mm, yeah, man. So also your boxing, man. So you're going to have a, a which I was looking forward to watching that. You're going to have a mm. fight in, in August. Yeah, I was. But long story, I, I like I've had a few like health things in the past year. Yeah, it's been a bit of a rough year, but getting through it, and um, I had to drop out unfortunately. But it was lucky because. <laughs> 
when I dropped out, they had to postpone the fight twice. So I started training back in like June or something or July. And it's eventuated to be in, Dece- in late December. So I'm, I'm fortunate that I pulled out because I didn't want to have to go through six months of training camp. Yeah, it's a long time. I'm going to do like a two to three months, but the people who are still in it had to do six months. So I want to do it again probably next year when everything's been cleared up. So yeah. What was it like? Have you boxed for a while or was it something that you just wanted, you just thought, fuck, I'll give it a go? No, I've never been in a fight in my entire life. Um, so yeah, I just had an opportunity. And obviously the social media was quite big on boxing and this tournament was going to be like a really big one in Australia. I was going to be the main event, which was exciting as well. And yeah, I was just going to do it. it just feels like a bucket list thing. Yeah. So yeah. That's why. Makes sense, man. It's a um, it's a tough sport. Yeah, very tough. It's a tough <laughs> sport, tough. man. But you know what? Fuck not, man. If you can tick those goals off and and do it, man, why not? But your health. I think I remember when you posted that announcement, man, and I, I said to you back then um, that your health always comes first. Yeah. And to look, no, make no. sure you look after it, bro, because uh, mm-hmm. without your health, man, you have nothing. And I really hope that people are, are since this pandemic started I, I have I, like i've seen my close circle of people around my family my friends etc start taking their health more serious and i hope everyone doesn't understand that your health is very valuable it's extremely valuable oh man as you said without it what do you have and i, and I hope yeah people have been learning from this whole thing to really up everything like health wise and uh, yeah even mental health as you worked in you know about that everything correlates spiritual health all that so yeah Mental health has copped it. Like I've, I've said, man, that when this is all over with, the toll that this has done to mental health will be much worse than mm. what the virus has done. And it's a serious problem. Absolutely. And you never hear about it from the media because that's not part of the narrative they want to put yeah. into you. That's right. It's all kept quiet. But man, the, the suicide rates, the amount of young people checking into um, emergency departments, yeah, it's scary. Yeah, it's bad. Man. It's, it's and, bad. and I wonder what's going to happen like in the future. Is this going to have any long-lasting impact on those kids? Who knows? I dare say it will. Yeah, for sure. It sucks, man, but it's the way it is at the moment. We just got to figure it out when it comes. That's it. Well, listen, man, I hope we'll probably try and catch up now that you're back in Sydney. Definitely. Yeah, up. I'm up here for the whole month, so let me know. Um, let me know when you're free, if you have anything on, catch up. Yeah, man, that was fun today, bro. I really love, you know, talking about this stuff because I, I don't really get to talk about it much. And I, I, I hope that people that are listening to this kind of have a bit of a different perception of who I am as a person. I really want to go towards this path as well and really help and and uh, mature my brand and talk about relevant issues and help others. So I appreciate man, you. No, man, listen, it's an honor to have you on here because, mate, you've been right from the get-go, man. You've been very honest and upfront. Even if you didn't do it, publicly mate you're always very upfront and honest with me and we've had conversations and mate you're just a, you're, you're a normal genuine guy that's concerned about what's happening to to his country really yeah and i sure. think that's normal man like the fact that, that people like yourself have to be quiet about that is crazy in a democracy Sorry. it's ridiculous mm. but it man but look thanks for doing your part man because it means a lot you know what you're just another person but ultimately you're another person, but you've also got a massive platform. Mm. And and you've got fans, obviously, who love you and admire what you do. But yeah, mate, it's good to see you getting out there and trying to spread the message. 
I do what I can, man, just as you are. Like, we're all just normal people out here. We've got the same wants for this planet. We want to do good. We want to help others. We want to spread our message for good and positivity. So nothing new from how people should be living their lives. And hopefully those listening to this can be inspired by both of us really to help make a difference and help move the world to where we actually want to go rather than just being sucked into all this bullshit. So, Yeah, man, it sucks, man. Like, like people don't get it that, man, I love these podcasts. I love talking to everyone, talking to new people, learning things. Ultimately, I don't want to be talking about this forever. I said everyone, yeah. you know, I'd love to, but it's, it's, and I don't want to, I don't plan to. It just happens because it, it's consuming the world. Yeah, absolutely, bro. So, like, what else do you talk about? We obviously talked about a few more things, and which I do try my absolute best with every guest, but mm. it's just eventually comes back to that because it's such a big thing, man. Like, this will be looked back on in the future as a, a huge moment in history. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And where, what side did you stand on is another question. That's right. And mate, I, I don't care pro-vax, anti-vax. I honestly, I couldn't give a fuck about. It. I don't care. Like, I don't care what you do, as mm. long as you're happy with the decision you've made. That's that man. That's good. Mm. But yeah, man, I just want to be on the right side of history and speak up. And man, it's my kids. I think of, and not just my kids, but all the kids. Yeah, to speak up and do our part now because if we don't speak up, mate, their future really depends on it. It does, man. Absolutely. And you've got kids and you've got so much more of a reason to be doing this because you, you experience it firsthand. So that's a great thing as well. Yeah, man. But uh, listen, man, we'll, we'll definitely try and catch up before the end of the year. And um, sure. we'll jump on one of these again in the future, hopefully in better circumstances. But uh, man, I appreciate you being here. Thank you very much. I'll, yeah, I'll share, man. I'll post uh, Jamie's links to the description of this podcast. So it'll be out on all the major ones, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, the go man much of more course. about it than i do man but i just put it on a cast and it pumps it out to everywhere so, yeah. yeah man Even thanks for being here i appreciate it